Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Time and just fill out the information card. We simply want to capture your information and just be able to share with you all that is going on. We promise not to spam you or, or send you uh, harassing emails or anything like that. We just want to pray for you. And so if you feel that out, we'll send you a letter just saying we're glad that you visited us and worshiped with us today. Amen. Today we're going to start a new series. Uh, the, the last series we finished off is uh, Things Happen. Uh, that series is done. If you missed any part of it or all of it, we do have the notes outside of our, at our uh, welcome table, so you're more than welcome to grab those notes and share them or study them, whatever the case may be, um, and that was our last series we just finished called Things Happen. Today, I want to talk to you a bit about uh, masquerade. You know, we wear these masks all the time, but a lot of times, our peers, our family, our spouses sometimes don't even know about these masks, and I, I'll be honest, I, I, I can't take credit for this series. I would love to. I'm just not that smart. So I, I kind of took uh, the framework of this series from one of my favorite, favorite pastors, uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle. He's also uh, a phenomenal speaker, award-winning uh, uh, author of, of several books. And, and, and this was a series he did last year or a year before that. And I thought, man, I want to do something like that. I have been wanting to do this. And I've, I've been, you know, digging in the Word, and then I saw Craig Groeschel did this. I said, whoa, you know, he gave me permission. He says, yeah, man, use it, share it, man. You know, it's not mine anyway. It's God's Word. I says, cool, I'm just going to make it mosaic way if that's okay. And so we got full permission. So this series was created originally by Craig Groeschel, so I have to give that credit to him. But I want to talk a little bit about these masks that we wear. And for the next five weeks, um, I, I intentionally want to make you uncomfortable. Now, I don't mean show, don't show up, because I know sometimes when you say that, you know, people are like, man, oh, he's going to have us do something. Oh, man, he's going to be all up in my business. Oh, man, he's going to have me, like, expose some stuff that i really been, like, trying to keep on the low, low. Yeah, I am going to do that. But it's for your good. Somebody can say amen. Let us pray before we dig into this. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, may your name be kept holy. God, I thank you for this opportunity, this privilege, this honor to stand before your people and present your word. God, I, I ask that you, you grant me license to represent you to the full. God, I, I, I want to just be emptied out everything you poured into me over these past few weeks. I want to empty it out. And not that it falls on the ears of the people here, but let it lie on their hearts and rest within their souls. Oh, God, if you would, I, 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 I pray that these words, if you'd grant me these words to be pure and acceptable unto you, God. 
bless me, God, this man to stand before you, your son, to represent you as your personal earthly ambassador. God, I promise to take full and careful care of the people you've strategically placed right here. I promise to honor them with your word. God, I love you, and I offer this service unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have the notes, we're going to go old school. We're going to go Old Testament, the very first book in the Bible. We're going we to be dealing in the book of Genesis, Genesis 2, 24. And here it says these words. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Now, the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. The Hebrew word for shame, particularly dealing with this particular scripture, is bush. Bush. And it means to be ashamed, to be disappointed, to be confused, to be dry relationally. And what was going on here is that they were naked and they didn't have any of this disappointment, any of this uh, 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 shame because of their nakedness. Now, I did say I want to stretch y'all these next couple weeks, right? But I, I cannot do this. Y'all know me. I like to be transparent without talking about some of my shortcomings. So today, I'm going to reveal some of my masks. I'm going to remove some of my own masks. You know, in America, this month, we prepare to celebrate an American holiday called Halloween. And, 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 and for, 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 for years, probably decades now, they trained us to, to dress up into these costumes to pretend that we're something we're not. And we look forward to it because if we, when we dress up, we can go knock on doors and get candy because we're being something we're not. And in real life, some of us do that every day. So let me start with me and reveal some of my masks, okay? Let me, let me just share some of my own personal mask. There's, there's, there's this mask I wear called Holy Brody. If you don't know, Brody's my nickname. There's, there's Holy Brody. Uh, there's a mask I wear called Holy Brody. Yeah, that's me. That's, that's Holy Brody. That's, that's holier than thou. I can qu- qu- uh, quote scripture and lay hands and pray for you and, oh God, I love you and I'm a pastor. And that's, that's Holy Brody. Truth is, a lot of times I wake up like, God, you serious me? As messy as my life has been, as jacked up as I've been, as, as much as I struggle like today, me, holy body, yeah, so I'm really not that holy. Sometimes, y'all know this, I cuss. I'm not going to do that today. My mother-in-law's here. I can get in trouble. Okay? Y'all know me. You know, sometimes I actually like, mm, you going to cut me off so-and-so? You know, but the other finger, the one next to this one, to the, you know? That's me. Sometimes I call people names. Like, how are you so stupid? You idiot. I got my own struggle, so I'm not that holy. Okay? I'm, I'm not that holy. Then there's a scholarly brody. You know, the brody, the scholar, the, the smart one, you know. Like, yeah, see, uh, you can't tell, but I'm reading this book about the universe. You know, I, I try to come off as being quite intelligent, and I know it all, and I have all the answers, and I'm, 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 I'm educated, and I'm a wise, you know, black Latino man here in America. You can't tell me nothing, you know, and, and, and the truth is, <laughs> I don't know a lot. 
I don't. Even, even where I'm at now, I mean, being a father, being a husband, you know, I knew nothing about those things. It was like trial and error, which has been the story of my life. You know, everything that has been the most beautiful and most rewarding thing in my life, God just threw me in with the lion that says, figure it out, son. That's being a husband, being a father, being a pastor, all of that. So I'm not as smart as sometimes I let on. I got to be honest with you, okay? Then there's um, successful Brody, you know, super successful. That's, that's one of the masks I wear, you know. Whenever I feel down, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the awards and the places I played, you know. I, I mean, I, rem- I recall bragging about, yeah, man, I'm a, uh, uh, I've, I've composed for an Emmy Award-winning movie. And, uh, yeah, I still get royalties from that. And I've composed for off-Broadway shows. And I've traveled all over the place with my talent and performed. And can I be honest? Real quick, I'm going to take this mask off. Like, if it wasn't for my dad, I wonder if I would have got half of those gigs. Okay? I mean, real talk. But, hey, it's good to have some connections. That's, what the, that's how the business works. But I'm just going to, if it wasn't for Pops, I, I question some of those gigs. Would I have performed or composed for an Emmy Award movie, award-winning movie otherwise? Perhaps. I don't know. But Pops kind of guaranteed that that happened because he wrote the doggone film. <laughs> he wrote the film, so it's a natural transition. Amen. Thank God it won an Emmy. But that's one of the masks I wear. Then there's this other mask that I wear. Now, if, if y'all laugh too loud, I, I might be offended. There's a uh, superhero body, you know, where I'm just so brave and so, so, uh, so brave and so, so strong and just, you know, superhero body. Yeah, yeah, that's actually me, and that's Joey and Frankie at rehearsal. Those are real muscles. Um, I've been dieting, so I'm trying to slim down a bit. That's really me. I barely fit into the uh, costume there. But then there's a superhero part of me. And the superhero part of me comes in where I feel like I want to save everybody. I I want to be the best dad. Like, God forbid one of my kids has a boo-boo. Oh, let me get it. Let me get it. You okay, baby? And then then I wait for them. Like, oh, dad, you're the best daddy. Thank you. Superhero. But the truth is, I worry every day, am I doing enough? Are my kids getting it? Are they going to be okay? I wonder every day, you know, that I show up on Sunday, are they just showing up because they like me as their friend, Broderick, is this cool, or are they really getting it? Is life change actually occurring for many of you? I I get up every day and wonder and look at my wife like, is she really happy with me? Am I doing enough? So I take the superhero mask off because I worry. I'm not that brave. I'm not that courageous. I'm not that super as I thought I was. A lot of times, I got to be honest with you, it takes a lot for me to even share the gospel with people. Yeah, I'm a pastor and I said that, but it's the truth. I'm scared of rejection. How many of y'all are familiar with Myers-Briggs and the disc, you know, those personality things? Well, I'm an ENFJ which means that I'm, I'm, I'm passive-aggressive. Conflict and me, we are arch enemies. Conflict and I, we r- I run from it. We just don't like each other. I would rather keep peace than to deal with conflict. And, and, and that means I'm afraid of rejection. So when it comes time to evangelize and share the gospel with people, I, I'm like, what if they think I'm like crazy? What if they like say no? I have to really pump myself up to do that. So superhero me, 
doesn't exist. Those are some of my masks. Those are just four of my own personal masks. And I'm not going to ask y'all to reveal your masks because we would probably be here all week. Because y'all got some masks that you wear. Some of y'all wear them now. You know, you walk into church, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, I'm going to church and all of this stuff. But then as soon as you leave the parking lot, (laughs) you're already cussing somebody out, at least in your mind. Hmm? Or as soon as you get home and your team starts losing, you're like, feel, blurb, think, think, huh? And you just left the place. We all have masks. And today, I'm going to stretch hard to drop those doggone things. Drop the mask. Let me talk to you about this scripture here. It says that they were shame. They, they had no shame. Adam and Eve, naked, looking at each other. This was a perfect time. It was a romantic time for them. God had just blessed Adam with this woman. And Adam is like, man, whoa, God, thank you. Yeah. Now, what am I to do with all this? God says, whatever you want, my brother, this is all for you. This is all for you. There was no shame in any of it. None of it. There was no shame whatsoever. But then, before, this was all before the sin. There was nothing that would separate or distract them from God. Then all of a sudden, this little slimy son of a gun enters the picture. Hey, come here, sis. Did God really say you cannot eat any of this fruit? Did he really say none of it? Did did, did he really say you can't eat any of it? She's like, no, no, no. He said we just can't eat from that tree. Yeah, but why? Why did he say that? Huh? Why? I mean, I think he was just playing with you. It's okay. Go ahead. No, no, no. God wouldn't say that. Serpent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. I'm telling you. Listen, God is a forgiving God. Just take a little nibble. You'll be all right. She does it. And then, this is how we are as humans, too. This is how we are earthly. She takes a bite so that she don't be the only one getting in trouble. You want some? Thank you. Now we both in trouble. You in it with me, huh? You know when you get ready to cut up, you ask your boy, your girl, hey, I'm getting ready to do such and such. You want to come with me? So you know that when you go, not only do you have a witness to your foolishness, but you got somebody else that can vouch for you and y'all both in trouble. I didn't do it by myself. My kids are a perfect example of that. Oh, my goodness. They always, one of them will do something. Well, so, well, well, Brookie told me, and ironically, it's Ja'Kai, the oldest one, who says it. He's the one. Ja'Kai, what are you doing? Why didn't you do this? Or why did you do that? Well, Brookie, who's older? You or Brookie? Me. But you got to have somebody with you. And so, so, so here's Eve. She takes the first bite of the fruit, forbidden fruit, and then says, here, take a bite. Now, we men... <laughs> we want a happy ending. So it's like, okay. So he takes a bite. He want to keep his wife happy, so he takes a bite. This is what happened after that. All things changed. They weren't ashamed of their nakedness. They weren't ashamed of how they looked. They were happy. There was peace. They took a bite. She eats. She gives them to her husband. Genesis 3, 7 says this is what happened. At that moment, the minute they took a bite, at that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sold fig leaves together to what? Cover themselves. Let's make this current. I've done something. I've sinned. I've hurt somebody. I've offended somebody. 
God, I know you don't see that. I'm going to hide from God. I know he can't see me. I've done something. Let me keep it inside. I want you to think, Gerald, that I have this perfect life. Oh, everything is good in my household. We like, we just like a real life version of the Cosby show. Everything is wonderful, but I, my eyes were wandering over here. I had these thoughts. This is not me. I'm just saying, I'm speaking uh, in, in general here. I, I just took, you know, I just took $2 out of the till at work. They won't notice it. They're a multi-million dollar company. God won't notice it either. I'm on high. I'll pay it back when I get my check next week. I'll hide. I hide it from Alex. I hide it from Gerald. I hide it from God. He won't see it. He don't see everything, right? It's impossible. How can he see everything when there's like billions of people on this earth? He can't possibly. I mean, he he'll miss me when I do my my little my little badness, right? He'll miss my little indiscretion because there's too many of us to watch. He can't possibly see all of us at the same time, so we hide. We hide behind our stuff. And then suddenly, we commit the sin, and we're covering up. Sometimes we're hiding from God. We hide from ourselves. Some of us are like financial fakers, or we know financial fakers. Example, big, beautiful house, nice, fancy car, but they sit no milk crates in the house. They're borrowing money just to put gas in the car, but they look like they got it going on. Designer clothes can get in all of the nice clubs and everything like this, but they're borrowing, borrowing in order to do that. They're living on credit. They're faking it. They're wearing these masks. Y'all know them. I'm not talking about nobody in here because that's none of y'all. I'm talking about people y'all know. They're faking it, the financial fakers. Even some of these so-called Stars, hip-hop stars, singers, faking it. Look like they got it going on, but what they don't have that you all can have that's free is peace. They may have a little bit of money, but that's temporary. That'll go away like tomorrow. Some of us hide our hurts, man. We hide behind our hurts. You're hurting bad inside, but you know, it's like, hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. But inside, you're black and blue, beat up from something, from your week, from your month, from your year. You're beat up emotionally. You're beat up from your job. You're beat up from your spouse. You're beat up from your kids. You're black and blue on the inside, but you're faking it. You got this big old Kool-Aid smile like, yo, everything is good with me. Watch this. Some of us faking like we, we have this incredible relationship with God. How you doing? God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, but you ain't opened your Bible in two years. You haven't said a prayer in three years. But God is good. You're faking like you got it going on with your Christian self, but you're faking it. You're wearing these masks. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about your friends. I'm talking about people that you may know. Here they are covering up themselves after they've sinned, right? And guess what we have? The very first, the very first masquerade. According to the Bible, it's the very first masquerade. I'm going to hide my sin. I'm going to cover up. But God never said that being naked was a bad thing for them. God never said that your nakedness was ugly to them. Not at that time. But they felt so because they had sinned. So they cover up, and we have the very first masquerade. Also, watch this. It is the very first example 
of the sin that Jesus despises most, hypocrisy. How are they hypocrites? That doesn't make sense, Broderick. You got to open that up. How can they be hypocrites? They didn't say something and do something else. How can they be hypocrites? Well, let's take it from its context here. According to this, and it's so amazing, you know, as I was, uh, my wife hates when I use these theological terms. As I was exegeting, meaning studying and unpacking the word, the text here, uh, you know, I looked at the Greek and the Hebrew, and I like to see what the words meant. Funny thing is, when I looked up the word hypocrite, I'm not lying, y'all. If you get Strong's Concordance and, or Dictionary, you'll see under the word hypocrite, they actually have the word Adam. No joke. It says Adam in there. I'm like, whoa, let me unpack this. Adam was a hypocrite. Let's see what this means. In the Greek word hypocrite, pronounced hypocrites, means an actor playing a role. Someone wearing a mask to represent reality, to misrepresent reality. That's what it translates to. That's the, 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 the Greek definition of the word hypocrite, hypocrites. And so I look at this as Adam, he's a hypocrite. Okay, now let me put this all together. How does this make sense? Why was this Jesus' most despised thing? Because watch this. Jesus was hard on hypocrites. That's your first line. Jesus was hard on hypocrites. But he loved and embraced sinners. He was hard on hypocrites, but he loved and embraced sinners. But aren't they one and the same? Yes and no. See, Jesus loved honest sinners. Is there such a thing as an honest sinner? Yes. Confess with your mouth. Believe within your heart. Oh, I'm a sinner. Everybody, anybody, any other sinners in the house? Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. We're all sinners. And Jesus loved. Oh, don't worry. Everybody raise their hand. You're good. You weren't the only one. Yeah, she's like, (laughs) Jesus loved the sinners. The hypocrites were those who, like, committed the sin of life. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Y'all remember that comedian who did that? Was that Martin? I can't remember. He got caught cheating. Like, it was like a joke. He's like, yeah, this girl was like, caught him cheating out there. Wasn't me. I saw you at the club. It wasn't me. You were wearing a black shirt and, and, and jeans. Wasn't me. And that's the hypocrite. Jesus is like, God is like, I saw you commit the sin. Folio, I'm a big God. I see everything. And you're going to tell me that wasn't you? Wasn't me. What am I, an idiot? Again, I can always use my kids as these examples. Oh, it's so great. Junior is the, always the best example in these cases. <laughs> so, Let's see, which story can I share about Junior? There's so many, but th- there's this one that, that stands out. Uh, <laughs> well, no, it's Ja'Kai, actually. It wasn't Junior. So, Ja'Kai Junior playing backyard, and, and, and uh, they're blowing up. They, we have this big blow-up ball that once it's blown all the way up, you can actually get inside, and you can, we can push you. You can roll inside. You know, it's really fun. So my challenge was, if you guys want to play with it, you have to blow it up. Okay? You have to do it. Chikai, oh, I'll do it. We got to blow it with our mouths. I was like, no, I have pumps. These pumps you got to use, and they, you pull it back. By the time you're done, you'll look like Popeye. 
I mean, it takes that much effort. And it's a huge ball. An adult can get in there, a small adult. And you're pumping it. So they're pumping it. So they're doing it. And uh, I tell Ja'Kai, uh, let, let Junior do it just a little bit, and then you could do it. So Junior's trying it. Junior, you know, he gets like one and a half pumps, like one and then a half. He's like, oh, I'm tired. So I'm looking out the window, and I see Ja'Kai just like, come on. He's just yelling, come on, get up and do it. <laughs> yelling at him. Ja'Kai. What are you doing, man? Why you, I, why you, I wasn't yelling at him. I saw you in the window. I was looking at you. I didn't yell. Well, what was all of the flaring of the arms and all of this about? I was just trying to give him directions. Did you raise your voice? I was loud. You yelled at him. I saw you. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. Now, had he said, Pop, you're right. I yelled at him. He just wasn't going fast enough. He was quitting on me. I'd be like, don't yell at your brother again. Just encourage him. But he was a hypocrite. And I said, you know what? Deflate the thing. They had it halfway inflated. You have to blow up each little thing. I said, deflate it. Nobody gets in it because you lied. So that took another 30 minutes to deflate it. And they didn't get it completely deflated. It's sitting in the dining room now halfway deflated. And that's what God is saying to us. I saw you doing that. I, I, I saw you take the $2 out the till and tell me you didn't do it. And then you sit up in the church, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a good Christian. You stole $2 out the till. And then you, the $2 you took, you didn't even want to give it to church. Thank God, because we don't want to take your stolen money. We just can't be a part of that shenanigans. Amen. Even though we'll bless it, but we ain't going to take it. We'll bless it and make it right. Amen. But these are the masks that we wear. And Jesus hated hypocrites, but he loved sinners. People who are like, you know what? I'm a jacked up mess. Help me, Lord. Let me tell you something. Our spiritual enemy, Satan, has convinced some of us that because of what we did, that we're bad people. And because of what we did, the safest thing to do is hide. Whatever sin, whatever dirty thought, whatever thing you've done, going on particular sites you really shouldn't go on. Judging people, giving somebody the finger, calling somebody a name, not talking to your mama for years or a relative for years. Whatever the sin is that you've committed, stepping out on your spouse, whatever the sin is, you've committed, the devil, our spiritual enemy, will have you to believe that God don't want you. You can't go to God with that. And you start telling yourself, I'm not good enough. One of the craziest things I hear people say all the time, yo, bro, I would love for you to come to church, man. Yo, come hang out with me, sis. It's, it's great. You know, we, we, when a lot of people, we don't have, like, no fancy lights and no boom, boom uh, uh, system and all of this stuff. But, you know, we got some real great people that love God and will love you the same. And know what they say? Yeah, I'm going to come back to church, you know, as soon as I get my life back together. What sense does that make? You really think that your knucklehead self could do it without God, apart from God? You can't do a doggone thing. What makes you think you, you've been doing it on your own for this long and you've gotten it wrong, so apart from God you can't do it. So, you, so they tell me, 
when I get my life together, I'll be right back. And God is like, no, you're perfect. This is the best time for you and I to kick it. This is the best time for you and I to have a conversation. This is the best time for you to go and be around some people who've gone through some similar mess in their lives, and they can give you some advice and some wisdom on how you can make it through and not only stop there but walk with you through the process of you being changed and molded into the person that God wants you to be. The devil will tell us we're not good enough. He plays this little thing called the shame game. And time after time again, he's winning. Satan is kicking our tails in his game called the shame game. We do something that doesn't honor God. We feel guilty about it. We carry that guilt, and we refuse to move forward. We're held back from that. Here's how it starts. See, he's very strategic in leading us in a life of hiding. And it typically starts like this. Here's Here's the first blank. You experience something deeply painful or sinful. You experience something deeply painful or sinful. Now, you, this, this can happen in, in, in one of two ways. Either you're the victim and someone did something to you which leads to shame, or you do something wrong that leads to shame. I've been on both sides of that. I've been a victim before, molested twice, two different people, one a male, one a female. And I thought that it was my fault. Maybe I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe I made them think that I wanted them to touch me inappropriately. It's my fault. I brought this on myself. And it wasn't until I became an adult that I realized what the heck had really happened and how much what had happened transformed and guided the decisions that I made in my life. I've been on the other side of it, where I've done something wrong, where I've hurt people, where I've I've, I've broken people's hearts. And I'm not talking about relationships with a girl. I'm talking about my mama and my daddy. I went two years without speaking to my father or him speaking to me because of a student loan. Over money, we missed out on two phenomenal years. But it's my fault. No, 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 it's his fault. No, we're going back and forth, so I'm guilty by that. It took me a long time to confess Christ because I, I, had, I had totally disrespected him for so many years. Y'all know my story. I was a Muslim. I was a five percenter. I was walking up to Christians saying, you a freaking hypocrite. You are a joke, you Christian person, you. You are a joke. And I would use the Old Testament to jam them up all the time. Then here I am being called. God calling me since come son. I'm like, no, God, I'm not ready. Man, I've broken your heart so many times. You can't possibly be calling me. I've just, I've just disappointed you. How could you dare call me? And he's like, I want you. I've been waiting for you. I'm going to show you how everything that happened in your life was for a purpose. Trust me, I'm going to use every story, every hurt, every pain, every shortcoming, everywhere where you thought you felt, I'm going to use that to show you it's a win. Just come to me. And I gave my life to Christ. Now I'm a pastor, never in a million years. So when I tell my friends, it's easy to convince them because they're like, yeah, if you saved, it's real because you were, yeah, you were more than a mess. 
I was that guy that would go to church to see a particular girl and convince her to meet me in the vestibule and do some freaky things. I was a guy you didn't want to run. And it's funny, I married a PK. In the end, I married a preacher's, preacher's kid. But I was the cat that preachers would be like, I'm going to kill that rascal. That's Reuben's son. He a mess. But God used me. He used all of that. And, 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 and what happens is in this shame game, we're reluctant to go ahead and give God our full attention, our full lives. So the first thing he does is it's an, it, he uses an experience or, uh, or something that, deep, that, that happened that pained you deeply or a sin that you've committed. The other thing he does is he, he, he uses something that, to connect you. The first thing is you connect something. You connect what happened with who you are. So you connect what happened with who you are. You connect what happened with who you are. In other words, you connect what you did or what someone did to you with your identity. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go deep. I don't want to hurt nobody here. Some, some people may have experienced some similar story, molestation or even rape or date from, you know, date from the date drug or anything like that. And a lot of times, we connect those situations with us. In other words, somebody took it from you, and you don't want to give it back. You get, you, you, you get married eventually, and, 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 and you're jammed up because you're holding on to what somebody took away from you so much that you don't want to give it to somebody that you're married to who's deserving of it. See, we, we allow our path, and that becomes our identity. Oh, man, I was, when I was young, I, man, I was, like, I was so loose. I was like a little hizzo. See, my mother-in-law didn't get that, so I'm okay. And I'm not saying me, but I'm saying this is the identity. We, so I was loose. I was out there. I was worldly. I was giving it when I could give it, and I was getting it when I could get it, and this is who I am. And it's like, no, whatever your lifestyle was, whatever your sin is, whatever the thing that happened to you was, it's not who you are. It's just something that happened in your life. It's just a circumstance or a situation that you found yourself in. That is not your identity. That is not you. But so many of us hide from God because this happened to me. I did this. That must be who I am. And God is like, "Uh uh-uh, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Where did you get that from? I did not say that. The other thing is, you believe the only way to be safe is to hide. I'm a mess. I've done this. I've done that. This has happened to me. That has happened to me. All of this mess is going on in my life. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to hide. And how do we hide? We just lock it in, and we're tight-lipped about it, and we smile when we see others. Because I don't really want them to know that I'm hurting on the inside. I don't really want them to know that I am lonely as a mug right now. I don't really want them to know that my house is out of control. So I'm going to smile. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? How's everything? Life is great. Couldn't be better. I got a great job. Got this, got that. Awesome. And the truth is, you're hurt, you're discouraged, you're lonely, you're afraid, you're broken. And it's time to just take your mask off. 
time to take your mask off. Not for your neighbor, the person sitting next to you, behind you. Not for your spouse, the person you go home with. Start with God. Start with God. Start talking to him. God, you know what I'm struggling with. You know how hard it is to, for me to forgive such and such and what's happened. Let me tell y'all, I told y'all I've been, I was molested by two different people, one a male, one a female. And it's crazy. I always wonder, one was um, my, uh, my mother's cousin. And I always wondered when I saw him why I would get this weird feeling like, like sick, um, a little bit shaky. I didn't know what that was. And then one day it clicked. I was like, whoa, I remember this dude trying to stick his situation where it shouldn't be. That's what. And I was an adult. And one day I had to, to approach him. You know, I saw him uh, at my grandmother's funeral back in, was it 2005? 2005. And I saw him there. I had a conversation with him. I didn't even remind him. You know, I was like, how am I going to handle this? I was definitely saved in 2005. And I saw him. I said, how you doing, man? And we embraced and I hugged him. He's strung out on drugs. He's, he's broken down. He's missing teeth from the crack cocaine and all this stuff. And, and I silently in that moment prayed for him. In my, in, just silently. I says, at my grandmother's funeral, I says, God forgive him. Because I don't know if he even understood what he was doing. I don't know if he even understood the damage he caused. Forgive him. But more than anything, will you help me to forgive him? Because the other side of me wanted to be Roddy, my nickname, the person I used to be, and whoop his tail. <laughs> I really did. And I could have won because he was on crack. <laughs> But I forgave him, and I felt relieved. I felt a release. I was like, oh, man. And I saw him again. I was up there, and we were in the projects. I went to pick up my sister to move her to Atlanta, her and her family, and I saw him in the project. I was like, hey, cousin, hey, cousin. Like, I don't feel that way no more. That little weird feeling I used to feel, like sick and kind of weird, shaky. I can't even describe the emotion. It wasn't there. It was almost like love for him. Like, like I felt okay seeing him, and it was cool. I never had a chance to, to personally forgive the female molester because she, uh, she OD'd. You know, it's crazy. See, they did something to me. I didn't even know I was God's child, but they hurt me, and they're no longer, you know, he's barely hanging on, and she's dead. She died on, of an overdose. But I never had a chance to, you know, forgive her. And so I prayed that. I don't know where she is. I don't know if she's. I don't know, but I pray that God would forgive her, and if it's in his heart, give her a second chance, because I'm sure she, does, she doesn't realize what she did either, you know, and, and so that's a hard thing to do, and then confess to God and say, God, forgive me for all the people I hurt. Please, because if, 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 if your decision counts on the number of people I hurt, with me making it to heaven, yeah, I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to make it. So would you please forgive me, God? And in this moment, let me just share all of my mess. And the funny thing is, watch this. This is the part that's so funny to me. That we, we say, God, forgive me for this and that, and God, you know, and this and that. And God is like, I knew all of that. I was just waiting for you to confess it. So here's the thing. 
We have to learn to beat Satan at his own game. How do we do that, this shame game? First of all, we don't, we, you know, we don't let our experiences define who we are. We don't connect them to our identity, and we certainly shouldn't hide about our imperfections. Let's be open and honest. Start with God, then start with somebody you really trust. Now, I am the pastor, but I don't need to know everybody's business, okay? I'm here for you. We don't, I, you don't blow my email up with, hey, man, so I trust you, and so this is what's going on. And, you know, it's, I can handle it, but it, it would be pretty tough. I'm like, oh, I did not know that, yo. I did not know you like to dress up like a girl. Wow. Does your wife know? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> it's jokes, jokes, y'all. Genesis 3.8 says this. This is funny to me. This is how uh, Adam and Eve responded after they were naked. It says, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. It's just funny, number one, but number two, it's crazy. Now, I don't know about y'all. I'm not freaked out about God. I actually cannot wait to meet him. I cannot wait to see him. I cannot wait to get that, what we talked about last week, that attaboy. Good job. Well done, my good friend. I cannot wait. So here it is. They actually hear him in the garden, and they hide. I'm like, what a, I'm running. I'm like, God, what's up, dude? Fist bump. You know what I mean? We're going to be dapping and hugging like, man, you looking good, dude. Whoa. You're more handsome than I thought. I mean, we're going to celebrate. I'm not going to run and hide from here. They are a great opportunity to dap and fist bump and all of that stuff, and they go run and hide. Here's the other part that's super crazy. You really think you can hide from God? You, it's, like, it's like the first time I played hide and seek with Brooke. I'll never forget it. We play hide and seek. I'm running, and she goes hide, and she hides like behind a chair and sticks her head out. Like, oh, I can't see you, Brooke. I can't. Oh, where are you, Brooke? Me and Sydney play that today. Where is Sydney? Just throw a cover over her head. Where is Sydney? And she's, you know, we do this all day. Like, I can't see you. And God is saying, you really, to Adam and Eve, you're really going to try to hide? Like, I, God, big God, created you. Remember, fool, I gave the woman to you. You doggone right I can see you. What do you mean you're going to go hide? They go run and hide like God can't see them. That's so funny to me. That's funny to me. Watch this. This is the next thing they do. And the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied. And, 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 and this is what Adam said. I heard you walking in the garden, and, and so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Think about this. I, and I read this scripture. I was like, why would God say, where are you? God obviously knew where they were. He, he's a big guy. He obviously knew where they were. Why would he say, where are you? Because he wanted Adam to realize where he was. I want you, Adam, to see where you are. I'm not talking about your physical location. I want you to see where you are right now in your life. Where are you? And if we read further on, you know, God tells him, you know, he opens it up and says more. He says, who told you you were naked? I didn't say you were naked. You don't even know what naked means. Who told you? What, what, is, what is naked? 
I haven't even told you what naked is yet. And you listen to this serpent, and all of a sudden you, you think you're naked and you come. Now, listen, I made all of that good. Who told you were naked? Did I did? Did I tell you that? Did Daddy tell you that? No? Well, then it's not true. I didn't tell you that. You let this serpent convince your woman to bite that apple, and then you took a bite. I get why you took a bite. It makes sense to me. But I didn't say that, 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 that you were condemned for it. So why would you want to hide? And why would you think I can't see you? What I want from you is to talk to me about it. Open up your mouth. Adam, where are you? And then what does Adam say? I hid because I was naked. I was naked because of what I did. The sin I committed. I disappointed you, God. I let you down. I failed you. And if we read the Bible and keep on going, we know just how blessed Adam and Eve were in the end. He didn't condemn them. He didn't wipe them out and say, you know what? Y'all are idiots. Start all over. Start me. Make another man. Boom. Okay. This time I won't take the rib. Maybe I'll take a toe. He didn't do that. He didn't wipe them out. He could have done that. He didn't disown them. He could have done that. He didn't do any of that. He embraced them. And if we keep reading, y'all know, I mean, they started all of this. We know the lineage and the, and, and the, and the people who, who, that came from there. And guess what? The same applies to you. What you've done or what someone's done to you, we don't have to hide. Now, this might be as deep as it's going to get this entire series. Maybe, maybe not. But that's, that's, that's where we're going to start, is understanding that wherever you are right now, we don't have to hide from God. Whatever your circumstance, whatever your situation is, whatever your pain is, whatever stuff you're holding on to, any struggles, insecurities, you're, you're questioning your, your, your sexuality, you're, you're questioning uh, 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 your marriage, you're questioning uh, what God's plan is for your life, you're questioning your job. I mean, I have people that can witness today about prayer and how God answers. And, and, and if they look back hard enough, they can look, man, God answered my prayer, but like over the summer, I did this bad thing, and he still answered my prayer. Many of us have that testimony. So here's the challenge, and I'm done. God is asking you today, and think about it, and that's why I left it blank there for you. Where are you? Where are you with God? Are you, are, are you meeting with him regularly, consistently, in prayer? Are you honoring him with your life and your lifestyle? Are you serving the least of these to honor him? Where are you with God? You know the answer. You answer that. Pray about it. Think about it. Let's pray. Eternal God. I thank you for yet another opportunity for us to come together. Today, I pray that, that this message really, really, really resonates in the hearts of those who may be hiding from you now, may be hiding a deep, dark secret from you, or at least they think they are. But we, all know, we know that you are an all-knowing God, and we cannot get anything past you. But today, God, my prayer is that there's a confession 
a confession of our sins. You said, God, if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts, God, and, 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 and I know that's a salvation prayer, but God, right now, we want that to be a prayer of, of, of repentance, God, where we repent for any shortcomings, any, anywhere where we feel that we've failed you. God, I pray for everybody here under the sound of my voice. I don't know what anybody's personal struggles are. I don't know if there are even any. But, God, I do know this, that you provide grace and mercy. You are a loving and forgiving God. And I pray that if someone is struggling today, right now, that they speak to you, that they run to you, that they come out of hiding and confess whatever their, their, their struggles are. And, God, if you would, meet them where they are and embrace them and love them and forgive them and show them with all clarity that their sins are forgiven and that there is hope in you. God, we, we, we love you, and as we leave this place not far from your grace, which is sufficient, continue to bless us, continue to guide us. As we leave and prepare to, to, to celebrate this newness, this new day, this new church here in the city of Mableton. Bless us. Bless us indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's been a time here. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.